Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, all. Welcome to Meet the Press Slam here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I am your host, Danny Kukler, and I have a very special guest with me, the curator of the Wrestling 101 over at VoicesOfWrestling.com, Kevin Hare. How are you doing, Kevin? All right, Danny. How about you? I'm doing very well today. I've gotten the chance to read all three articles and I'm very inspired by this project that you're doing and, and, and very, very, uh, that I, I can't speak today with the <laughs> Eagles fan. So how you, how you doing? Doing well. Went to full gear last night. It was a fun show. So yeah, it was a fun show. So I, I got the chance to watch that. It was a fun show. So getting ready to talk some wrestling today. So do you want to delve a little bit into your fandom before um, we talk sure. wrestling one-on-one? Sure. Perfect. Um, so I became a wrestling fan, I guess, very early when I was younger. I I didn't really know how to watch wrestling when I was uh, young, like four, five, six. I didn't really know, but I had a babysitter that would buy me a lot of wrestling stuff. So it was kind of ingrained early, even though I didn't really know what it was or how to watch it um and then so so i still went through a lot of my like younger years without really watching it It was kind of on the periphery it was the early 90s so it was like right after hogan so it was weird i don't really remember too many of my friends really watching it or anything i think it was kind of like right after it really permeated like culture like it did a few years before but then during the attitude era Obviously, it was everywhere, and then um, so I started to see Stone Cold shirts everywhere and NWO shirts everywhere, and that's when I started to uh, start really start watching. And I mentioned in one of the articles that we did already um, did already for the Wrestling One One, but um, I rented, I went to a Blockbuster, and I just decided I wanted to rent, rent a wrestling tape, and I didn't really have any frame of reference of what to rent. And the King of the Ring 1998 tape just seemed interesting, but I didn't know anything about it. Wow. So I rented it, and then uh, I had no idea what was on it. I just knew that Stone Cold was on it, and that you know it seemed interesting. So I had no idea about the Hell in the Cell match. I knew nothing about it. And then I watched that, and I just uh, I couldn't really understand what I was seeing. Like It was so crazy that it was just like... I, my brain couldn't process it. So from then I became pretty hooked. Um, I was watching everything. I I couldn't watch Raw live. My parents wouldn't let me. So I would just watch like all the weekend recap shows and Sunday Night Heat and all that type of stuff. And then um, through middle school, I was pretty obsessed with it. And then went to high school 2001, right around the invasion. And I just kind of fell off for a few years in high school. I think that that kind of like happened to a lot of people around that time period and then uh late high school when i remember when randy orton won the title um 
I started watching it again casually. And then uh, once I went to college, which would have been like 2005, 2006, is when I kind of just started to really dive in more in a historical way and like, a, oh, there's way more than just like what's on TV right now type of way. And so um, started to figure out, you know, see old wrestling and figure all that. And then a few years after that, got really into Puro and the Indies and all that type of stuff. And then just have been watching all sorts of different stuff since. Yeah, you. Yeah, we all have our ways of getting into wrestling and you get your wrestling tapes and and you see King of the Ring 1998. And you don't know the Hell in a Cell match is even on there. You just see Stone Cold Steve Austin and yeah, ain't that the Undertaker and all that stuff. Isn't that unbelievable that you didn't even know the lore of? of yeah, I had no idea. Kind of. yeah. and which is which is like cool as a kid. It's funny. It's fun to like just discover stuff where you just don't know. I feel like ho I'm hoping. To be honest, I, I kind of the point of this project and to kind of introduce it a little bit is just we um Robin Reed and I from Voice of Wrestling one day um earlier this year the so we were just ra randomly talking of a, a, a bunch of people randomly talking and um someone in in Voice of Wrestling in the in the network of people who work there um just casually mentioned that they hadn't seen Bret Hart versus Owen Hart from WrestleMania 10. And right. um, for for me, like, there's, it kind of brought up the idea where there's all, there's a group of, there's just like a canon group of matches that I assume that everybody has seen. And I, I don't mean that in like a, you have to have seen this match type of way, but like, I just figure that, with the way that my wrestling fandom is, is that some people kind of, that people just act the same way, like treat things the same way that I do, where it's like, oh, well, I want to find out about wrestling. So I just am diving in and I know that there's these matches that like I have to find. And of course, that's it's a bit ignorant and insane to think everybody does things the same way as you, but still, on the other hand, it's just like, well, how could somebody you know not see this stuff? And that kind of put things in perspective of, well, actually, there's there's a really good chance that everybody has blind spots, and it just you might not under like you may not realize what their blind spots are. It might be hard to uh, like pro understand it, but they they're still there. So that kind of made it kind of a light bulb went off as we were talking because because one of my arguing points was like just like yeah, it's like this would be like an in a wrestling one-on-one like this would be one of the first matches and that kind of just like an offhand can uh comment like that kind of sparked rob robin and he messaged me and was just like hey this is actually a good idea let's do it so we've been working on it from there but my my hope is that uh the same way that like you know i didn't know what was going in uh to the the undertaker match my hope is that somebody watches this and that they don't, you know, they might not understand, not might not know or have a frame of reference about some of the stuff that we're showing now and then just be like, oh my God, this is awesome. And then just go from there and discover all sorts of stuff that maybe they didn't know or or never seen, never heard of yeah. before. 
open rabbit holes that they never would have thought before. And that's what wrestling's all about is opening the rabbit holes of different things. Because one of the things that d- discovered pure for me was when Misawa died, honestly. Right. And right. I was like, who the hell is this Misawa guy who's everyone saying is the best wrestler of all time? And I haven't heard of him. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, actually, that for me, it was right around the same time as that, too, where um, so I found out like, I heard Misawa died, and then uh, I was starting to watch, discover some Ring of Ring of Honor stuff, and I saw the Kenta versus Loki match, and then right after that, um, found the uh, Kenta and I'm gonna mess up who's in the match. Kenta and Goshiyazaki versus uh, the uh, Kensuke Sasaki and Nakajima match, which oh, was yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the Misawa tribute match. And then I saw that, and then I go, oh, this is awesome. Then I find more Kenta stuff. I find the Kenta versus Nakajima stuff from around there. Then I also figure out, well, Kenta Kobashi was in Ring of Honor 2. Find Kenta Kobashi stuff. Find Kenta Kobashi and Noah stuff. Then go backwards, find Kenta Kobashi, or find the Misawa versus Kobashi match from Noah. Then go backwards, find uh, the All Japan stuff. Then find Stan Hansen. Then find holy demon army like that's how my you say the rabbit hole like that's how especially like my brain that's how i that's how i i find one thing that i like and then i watch a little bit and then from there just all the roots kind of just extend and you just keep going and find different things and you never know what you're gonna find so that's why like you're exactly right that's exactly the point of you know we want to just give people just a little bit like this is the match this is a big match but we also try to give some other things like hey this is similar maybe it's a similar style maybe it's similar guys but just like to just kind of dive in and and discover stuff and and that's really all that i'm hoping for with this because um as we already discussed like that was what was really fun and now there's so much wrestling you can find um, it's almost like claustrophobic because there's so much out there that it's hard to even know where to start or how to find things. So it's everything is there, like easier than ever um, at the tips of your fingers. But when, like, when I was getting into, um, especially like Puro, we can go back to that again. Like, it was all through like it was it was after the age of tape traders, but it was before it was like torrents were a thing, of course. But like it was kind of before um it was as big and it was before a lot of the streaming stuff so it was that in between of like mega upload and uh the ditch website and um like the puro threads on ccw fans and uh death valley driver like um recommendation threads and stuff so it was easy to find out it wasn't easy per se but like you could kind of see you could have a curated like hey these are the things to check out and now there's so much at all times that it's almost like harder for that in some ways so the um even though there's way more it's easier than ever to find it so just kind of give people a little bit of direction um there's no like there's no this is not the best 100 matches of all time um these aren't even necessarily like the best matches of the groupings like maybe people have better matches or whatever but like we try to do a balance of things that are good, things that are iconic, things that you should just see, demonstrate a style, whatever, just kind of 
these are 101 matches that are in the lexicon of wrestling that we think you should see. And some are famous, some are not, but that's just that's what we are hoping for. Make it diverse and fun, and just try to cover as many different things as we could. We try to we consulted a lot of people that we know for the list. Hey, are we missing anything? What do you think about this? And overall, I think the general there were some. Of course, there's always going to be some nitpicky. Uh, discussions and maybe some things that you wanted on weren't on and that type of thing but i think overall um the reaction of the people who've seen the list uh has been positive and and we really tried to cover as much as possible i'm sure that there's always going to be some blind spots but uh we tried so yeah and that that's the the effort is put in and that that's the best part is claustrophobic is the best word to be put to the uh lexicon of finding wrestling now it's like i try to throw on something and it it almost feels claustrophobic because it's like i don't know what to watch half the time and it and without that curated voice it's almost like you you don't know who, who what's good what's not trying to navigate all that even though there's more than ever it's trying to sort of see what is good and everyone's taste is different too there's more people online now and i'm trying to do this trying to do the greatest wrestler ever project and and it's sort of like when you're doing that project and you're trying to see who the greatest wrestler ever is it's almost like it, it was probably easier in 2016 to do that than now. Right, right. Yeah, just there's always so much, and it's just like all media. It's really easy to just be like overexposed to stuff. So just kind of trying to kind of help that, and even just in in talking to people so far about this, like it it seems to be doing its job. Where all these a lot of people are saying, "Hey, I'd never seen this," or "I sent it to my friend who hasn't seen this," or whatever and it was like oh this whole like japanese wrestling on a whole is a blind spot or this is a blind spot so it's just you know just kind of pointing people in the direction and and people are having fun with it and stuff too so that's really all that we were hoping for yeah and let's delve right into 11 matches have been revealed for this and the first one is kenta kobashi versus kent Kensuke Sasaki from Noah Destiny 05. I think that's the perfect match to kick it off. Um, yeah. So, so first to go backwards, just to give a little bit of uh, just yes. format format of the list. So, um, we are doing the whole thing is going to take I uh, I don't know a year or so. Uh, who exactly knows? It's going to be we're just doing articles of five um, at a time that kind of have uh, a th- yeah. um a theme to them. Um, some of the themes are more uh, broad, some are gonna be more specific. Um, it just kind of just depends, but just kind of a grouping of matches that um, you can kind of understand why they're grouped together. So um, the goal is every few weeks, we've done three articles so far. So 11 matches have been revealed. Um, and so, yeah, that's, we figured that it was, instead of just doing it all at once, and this was kind of Robin's idea, but instead of just doing it all at once, and instead of just saying, "Hey, here's the list," we're we're really some of the articles are um, 
him and I writing them. Some of them are, we have guests from Voices of Wrestling and some other just, you know, wrestling fans that we know or that we like their work or their writing or we think that they would have a good idea. So we said either we saw a match and thought of them immediately or just gave them a list and said, hey, what what matches here kind of personally hit you, personally affect you, and then go from there. So, um, so we've released... 11 matches so far yes and we're going to talk about some of these matches not all of them um that struck me um the first one obviously struck me in the introduction article kenta kobaji versus kensuke sasaki of course the five minute chop battle and it's yep. not even just the chop battle that that strikes you it's just they're both Kensuke Sasaki and Kenda Kobashi's charisma um sort of striking you in in a different way than what wrestling sort of gives to you, you know. And yeah. I feel watching having watching that match recently, it it sort of puts you in awe of how hot a crowd can be even in a large space right yeah i mean you have these two kind of like behemoth giant like larger than life guys right that's kind of the point of that's that's what the whole match is it's like these two just very like barrel chested man, men's man type of guys and um everybody talks about the chop battle which is awesome but the chop battle works because they're these two larger than life guys like if it was just anybody else doing a chop battle it might be good it might not be good but it it doesn't have have the same weight as as this does so that's why it's so good but um in some ways I, and, and i was just gonna say in some ways i think that the chop battle like it doesn't it, the chop battle is awesome and and it's it's worth watching the match alone but in some ways the the way that the chop battle has been the reputation of it and the way that people talk about it is that sometimes it's easy to forget that the the whole match there's like way more to the match than just that and they right. keep going back to it and the whole thing is like is this big epic type of uh who's who can withstand the other block whatever and like it's to me it doesn't feel like it's quite on the as far as like it, people don't look at it the same way as some of the big all japan matches but even as some of the a few of the other Noah matches, it might not be quite uh, at like the Kobashi versus Misawa match, or even some of the other um, big Kobashi matches, the Akiyama match, and maybe some other. And to me, it's like right up there with all of them. It's I think that you know five star match, just the with it within that very top tier of two thousands Puro stuff. So I think that. In some ways, almost it's a little underrated, which feels a little silly, but um, yeah. Yeah, when you compare it to like, when you compare it to like Kobashi Masala, when, when it sort of feels underrated. And that's the beauty of all, the All Japan and Noah Styles is like, every match has its own identity. And right. right. I love that about the styles, and I love how in further viewing you put the uh, Kensuke office versus burning eight man survival, which I I felt was one of the gr 
one of the greatest displays of like urgency in wrestling history. Oh yeah, that I hadn't watched that match in years, and then because of this, I was just kind of fiending and wanted to watch it. And I watched that a few weeks ago, and it was still, it still is awesome and and is like incredible. So yes, but not on this list, but but still a match worth mentioning. Oh yeah, for sure. And again, like this is the list is just to to show Stop people as much stuff as possible. So. I think that the the recommended viewing part is like because sometimes too you want you watch this stuff and maybe you have some extra time and you're still kind of feeding for more and that's exactly the like i was saying the point is just like all right here's this and then you'll see that match and then be like okay and then maybe they'll you'll find that that uh kenta shiozaki uh shiozaki versus nakajima and uh Suzaki match and then just keep going from there yeah it- it's just unbelievable. And you mentioned the Hell in a Cell match earlier. I, I, I'm i floored at how crazy that match was. Like, watching it for the first time, like, a few years ago. I only watched that match for the first time, like, a few years ago. In full. I've seen, obviously, the clip of Undertaker just throwing mankind off the cell and chokeslamming him down on the cell. But I actually watched, sat down and watched the match in full a few years ago. And we're in the second article, which is Wrestling 101 Unique Spectacles now. Um, and I feel like full, as much as Foley was the star of that show, Taker sort of being that enemy sort of gets underrated to a point as well right you always need the foil right there's without you have to have that guy there so that the the focus of the match is able to kind of be exemplified or showcased and that brawl is just so wild it's just like it's just right fully just crawling and scratching for 20 odd minutes and Right. It's a, a, so, so, so with that match for me, it's like obviously there's the big moments of it. There's the, the first throw, which is just comes out of nowhere and is super early and is not even really set up too much. And then there's the second slam through the cage. And then there is, um, the thumbtacks at the end. And, you know, there might be one other, one or two other main focuses, but really the, 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 the match is just these main points and then just getting there from uh point a to point b to point c to whatever and and um but the thing that makes the match work i think is that um you know in in between some of that stuff there's not that much and a lot of the brawling is kind of like just standard and there's no, it's not like super interesting um as far as like a work perspective goes but what, what makes it work for me is like just all the space and all of the um the time that the match has to breathe that everything just kind of comes together and you kind of realize what's going on and the fact that Mick Foley just keeps getting up within that space to breathe and just never quits and never goes away i think that that's what really makes it work where sure it's these big moments and there's not that much connective tissue as far as like the brawling or the the wrestling goes but the connective tissue 
is in just the emo the emotion and the idea of like can this guy get up like they they do a good job of making you understand that this is like an actual person it's kind of if you really kind of uh pick it apart in like a real meta way like they do a good job of of showing you that this is not just a wrestler but it's an actual person and it's a weird it kind of finds the balance there of like hey this part isn't just the show and not in like a weird work shoot way but just in like a this is a human being who is like he's never going to be the same after this and i think that that's really what makes it all work and and when i was 10 or 11 watching it just watching it like just with my jaw dropped like oh my god this guy keeps going and then from there mick foley was my favorite uh wrestler he was my favorite of all the um the attitude era guys when i was watching in real time like i liked them all and i thought the rock was awesome and i thought that stone cold was awesome and like i was like def definitely fans like beyond just like oh that guy's cool like i like them all but mick foley was always my number one guy be like behind him more than the others and i think that this match being like my first real exposure to that was why yeah i i, I love foley and he he's just the uh essence of perseverance in the attitude era and that main character that just sort of nicks at that sort of essence of perseverance so and also the essence of not having the best matches on here fire road oh yeah this I, was this was yeah. one that i this was a kind of a novelty pick of like hey we have all these other matches and then just you figure out one or two things that's like not as good but you just want to shoehorn on there because it's just fun and you think that people should see it and uh fire road is like that match for me it's funny uh somebody i used to do a, a podcast called burning spirits and one time we had kind of just a potpourri episode i think where we were just watching random things and this was one of them we talked about it and somebody said like yeah as soon as somebody just a listener said as soon as i saw that you were doing this i knew that fire road would be on it and uh i found that pretty funny and awesome that uh it was that much of a tell that just me being involved would mean that this match would be on there i think that uh i'm doing my uh my job right I've, we've done the voice of wrestling secret santa thing before and i've uh, definitely thrown this match to somebody there too so it's just uh it's a match that's outside it looks like apartment complex or a business complex or something it's just kind of right in the middle and it's sketchy uh, all right <laughs> yeah it's it feels sketchy and weird and there's just fire and there's trucks in the in the full version of this match you can see um I think that it's June Kasai drives the truck that they they jump off of. He's he's the one that drives it up, and like the reason why the met there there's no boards or anything in in the um uh, or sorry there's no like mat on the ring. It's just boards, and it's because they come out and the CZW guys all take it up. There's 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 a full version out there, but I don't think it's on the internet, which is a bummer. But I have it on DVD somewhere, but um. Yeah, just like weird and chaotic. They they set the ring on fire. Uh, there's big bumps. There's a car. Um, Zandig drags Matsunaga with a car and uh, power bombs him off of it. And it's just like 
really sketchy and crazy. And it's a type of match where just like, it feels like, I was going to say that it feels like something could go wrong at any second, but really when you're watching it, you, it's not something could go wrong at any second. It's like something is going really? wrong. Like just watching it, it, just watching it is wrong. Like the fact that it exists is wrong. <laughs> and that's what makes it so cool and crazy. Like we talk about spectacles of a match on fire surrounded by just what feels just like random people in the middle of an apartment complex feels really gorilla and crazy. And it's like, it's just awesome. It is one of those matches where like it, you, it doesn't, it, no one can say if it's a good match or a bad match and it doesn't matter. Like, I don't want to judge this match at all with stars or whether it's good or bad, or this guy should have done this instead of that. Like it's none of that at all. It's just complete chaos and anarchy and craziness. And it's just a lot of fun. So like we were saying, I think that it's important for lists like this to kind of just be diverse and, and try to cover a lot of different lanes. And I think that this is one of that's just like, it can't be really replicated. So I think that everybody should see it. Even if it's too much for you, you should see it at least once. Yeah. Yeah. That fire. Also that, that Onita fire match with, uh, Sabu and Sheik. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's wild. That is wild. That, that, one's, that one's very crazy. I mean, that one is just much more, oh, this fire. is two minutes long because they put fire in it and the fire got so crazy that they just couldn't go on. Yeah. You know what my favorite Big Japan match of that, like, 95 to 2000 era is? That grocery store death match. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one is good, too. I haven't seen that. We did, we did, we covered that on Burning Spirits at one point, too. Um, and, uh, yeah, that one is very fun, too. That one is hilarious. I, I'm just laughing. I'm like, Stone Cold and Booker T eat your heart out because these big Japan guys, including Abby, a young Abby Kobayashi. Yep. Yep. <laughs> because it's, it, big Japan was fun. And also I want to shout out, even though it's not in the recommended viewing, those campground death matches that DDT used to do. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Those are good too. Yeah. But, but th those are examples of matches that, that you, you, that are not good. That are not good, but that don't have to be very good to be on this. But speaking of matches that are very good that are on this these days, and yes, I watched it very recently. It's just very colorful. Just the characters, and what struck me the most is not how crisp the work was, but how urgent the work was. Right. Yeah, I think honestly, I think that you can kind of group this and the the Toriyama match together because they're yeah. they're different, but they're kind of they're kind of different, uh, similar. Where and that's um the Toriyama match is eight thirty, uh, two thousand three. Yeah, but um, yeah, but uh, with with both of them, I think like to me, one of the most, I mean, I say, I say that I, I feel like if if I'm gonna watch just a random match that. Uh, is just like fun or just kind of like soul food type of wrestling. I feel like if I was going to say what my favorite type of match like this is, it's going to be this big time kind of multi-man showcase match. Um, like Shakara did them a lot. 
with King of Trios, not quite as many people as this, but like King of Trios and the cyberneticos that they would do. And, and, you know, when you see uh, these big time matches, it's, it's really, I find them very, the way that they are, get structured, very fun, where you kind of go through and they do these matchups um, with one guy, guys kind of matching up with each other and they each kind of can show off they run through some of their signature stuff or kind of set the groundwork for what the match is. And then it just escalates and escalates and gets crisper. And then, you know, it, the pace picks up and especially in the Toriumman match, it just gets very crazy, very fast. And in the, in the D, these days match two, where the Kantai is kind of heelish and, and all that stuff. And it's crisp. And I just find this style of match to be really fun and engaging where you could just kind of turn your brain off and just watch all of this stuff together and um and that's why i think that it's th these types of matches are so, so great and and, and to, to be honest a part of me was wondering if like the michinoka pro and the torium match were like too similar if we were like not expanding enough with them if we, but then i i've watched them both recently and i'm just like no these are these are both awesome and should be on there and i watched the other um the after these days they had another match in december um from uh akuta star lanes and i watched that the other day too and and uh i don't know which one i like better but um some a lot of people think that that like the uh the these days match is kind of the one to watch because it's the famous one and it's at sumo hall Uda, sumo hall yeah 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 it's at one. It's at sumo. yeah it's at sumo. yeah so 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 it's bigger obviously but then um but the that the Kuda Star Lanes one might be even better. So um yeah, like like I said, I think that um I the the these days match is awesome. It's it's a match honestly that I haven't seen as much. I've seen it a few times throughout my life, but I haven't watched it as much as some of these other matches, but it's still like the the Michinoku Pro multi-man style is really like uh, kind of you still see it today, like you see it in the Dragon Gate stuff. You see it in a lot of the way that uh, the U.S. Indies over the past 20 years have kind of structured their matches. We mentioned Shikaro, but the, the that style of match is still, like, um, right prominent, you know, in the Indies. You see it when AEW does matches like this and when you see, when you see guys like the Elite do matches like this. Like, it all comes back to uh, the These Days match and just the Michinoku Pro style. Um, you see it like every uh, every time you see like Elite and the Young Bucks team up or El Mega and the Young Bucks team up, like you see evidence of like this match in those matches. So, um, yeah, I think that the style is awesome and very fun, but it's also one of the more influential styles as far as what if you turn on TV or you pop, you open up you know, whatever IWTV or whatever, and you just watch random matches, like you're going to see this more yeah. often than you may see some other things. Yeah. This, this is one of the most influential styles of the last 30 years, in my opinion. And, yeah. and it, it shows um, how wrestling has evolved past the ground stages. Um, you know, and I, I, I love these days. It, it, it's one of the one of the most influential matches ever, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. 
And the last match I wanted to touch on was the uh, Royal Rumble 1992. And, and it's, you're floored. I read, I read somebody your description of the Royal Rumble 1992 on Friday. And they were just floored at like how Heenan was really the star of the show. Even though Flair was a great participant. And they said that convinced them. And it was such a marvel. It's just such a marvel to see how Heenan was the star of that show. Yeah, for me, for me, this match is, is great because it kind of it 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 showcases a lot of different things all at once. It it showcases um you know, uh, from a bubble, it, the Royal Rumbles are fun because they showcase the rock, the roster of right. company in a, in a snapshot. Um, it, it shows Ric Flair kind of, he's not the thing with, with how Flair is so good in this match is that he's not spectacular in it. He, it's not like his best performance as far as you're really behind Ric Flair or anything, but, and you know, like he's not really the focus of a lot of the match. But he's just there consistently. Whenever you need him, he's there and he's in for fifty-three minutes or whatever it is, and he's just always there, just bumming for everybody, making everyone look good. And he's just very—it's—it's it's funny where he wins, but he's also just the glue of the match as far as everybody in the match. But then it—it um, kind of showcases how important just the whole production of wrestling is and how. Um, these people that are are not in in the match and are not important to the match from the the like what's happening in the ring standpoint can really paint the picture of how a match is perceived and remembered and what the point of it is. And Heenan's performance here, getting everybody behind. Well, no, sorry, not getting people behind Flair. Kind of doing the the opposite of he's so behind Flair that you you want to see Flair desperately lose. Um, the way that Heenan is so good at getting Flair over by being so annoying about it, but also doing it in a way that makes everybody else look good. Like, you want whoever Heenan is talking about, you want that guy to beat Flair. And it does. And he's so clever and funny. But then uh, it's just like so... Just it's the perfect package as far as how WWF wrestling is presented and all these pieces coming together. And like, and a little bit of a sigh. Like, I even wonder if he just was going out there and he was even like meant to be as good as it as it is, or was even like understanding how good it it he was during it, or if it was just kind of like, yeah, I'm just doing my job, whatever. It's just kind of yeah. interesting to think of things from that perspective. But um, yeah, like I think that it's one of the single greatest. Um, one night stories and performances of uh, in WWF history, WWE history. Um, I think that it's just one of those really iconic. Like it, it's 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 an easy match to kind of just like pull back the curtains a little bit and see how all of these little intangible things all kind of work together to create this total package uh, afterwards. And also, I think it showcased the then of the company. At that point, the now of the company, 
and the future of the company with John Michael's Undertaker being in it. Um, and like how the company was going to be shaped for years to come. Yeah. Well. yeah. So it's an incredible match looking forward as well as backward. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, and um, I, I think, I mean, I think that a lot of people realize, but it's, I think it's absolutely easily the best Royal Rumble of all time. Yeah. And I think that it's, um, it's really easy. Like I, I, sometimes I just think about like very casually what my top five favorite WWE matches are, because it's kind of easy to think about it. And I realized recently that I think that that's actually probably one of them too. So it's yeah. like, it's not just as good on a Royal Rumble scale, but it's good as far as the top things that the company has ever presented, uh, total. I, I wholesomely agree with you there. Um, it, it's it's flooring. Like it's what that company can do at its best. Um, and it's it it floors you when wrestling can move you in such great ways. Yep, yep, for sure. Um, what do we have coming up next for wrestling one hundred and one? Um, I we've actually been discussing. I don't know which exactly article that is going to be next to be honest um we've thrown out some ideas um thinking possibly like uh kind of going to some one of the groupings that focuses on singles matches maybe from the 80s but don't know for sure to just kind of switch things up but that easily might change so i don't know which what is next there but um we're just kind of yeah keep up on the discord keep up on voices of wrestling um we're just kind of compiling these things anyway and then just kind of when we figure out what the next one is then kind of focusing on that even if but we're just kind of compiling a lot of them to have uh anyway so that we can kind of just go in different directions so um but yeah I, I don't know exactly what's next but the whole list is done um there has been one or two things that we switched out recently. It's kind of always fluid of maybe somebody brings up something. And in most times when people bring up stuff, it's kind of like we've even thought, we probably thought of that, but there has been one or two things where it's like, okay, that actually is a, a interesting idea. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know exactly when my, I think would hope sometime in December to have another one out. Um, but I don't with the holidays and everything and life gets in the way and work and stuff. Yeah. It's hard to say exactly how, when these things will come out, but, um, the truth. You're right. Um, but, but the, like I said, the list is done and f we wanted to get that. It, it took kind of months of discussion and this or that, and that type of thing to figure out the list, but we wanted to have that all done before we even started releasing it. So, um, but yeah, just just the the one last thing about the or not one last thing, but just with the greater list, just kind of showcase some things about it. I think that it has twenty three different promotions, um, so uh, twenty three different promotions. Um, it's I we didn't mention this in the beginning, but um, it's from nineteen eighty on, so. We wanted it to be a, a good history of pro wrestling, but A, we didn't want it to be too uh, big of a time frame and kind of 
we just kind of considered 1980 as the cutoff of modern pro wrestling is after this date. Right. Uh, we didn't, it wasn't too much of like a, to say that the seventies or anything before wasn't pro wrestling or anything like that. It was just a good, simple, Hey, this is what we kind of consider what we're considering modern. And we just, this is the pool that we want to pull from. So, um, combination of not necessarily knowing as much from before that, and also just not wanting it to be too wide of a net, just kind of, we just 1980 on. And, but then from there, I think it's something like, so in the, uh, from the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands and the 2010s, um, they're all pretty even, but there's a, a little bit more in the nineties, but we tried to kind of even it out, e even out. So it's a, it's a little bit more in the nineties, but, um, overall about 20 to 25 matches from each of those four decades. And then a, a little bit more in the nineties. So to try to just give a bit of a, um, to make things a bit diverse. Any plugs other than the wrestling one one? Um, not really. No. Um, that's really all I've, I've written a little bit more for voice of wrestling over the past uh, little while, but really this is my major focus as far as writing projects go. And other than that, I'm not really doing uh, any other wrestling stuff a note or anything. So just check this out. I don't even think it's, it's on voice of wrestling, which we've mentioned, but it also has its own wrestling uh, website with everything um, yeah. consolidated there. So the website is the wrestling com. So like, I, like we've been saying uh, every few weeks for an article, but just keep checking it out. My Twitter is Stan underscore underscore Hanson. So if Twitter is still a thing, you can follow me on there. And if it's not, I, I don't know. But uh, Voice of Wrestling is on Twitter too. And I think they're on Instagram and whatever else. Instagram and the, now. It's, yep. it's a marvel. <laughs> yep. And then um, in the on the Voice of Wrestling Discord, there's uh, a Wrestling 101 channel on there. And um, it's been really fun. Uh, I, I really... Uh, that channel has been pretty active and, and I, I've been enjoying a lot. So if you watch any of these matches or um, just have any general uh, discussions about the project or you see one thing that you, the project made you go, oh, oh, I found this guy and um, it was really interesting. And then I found this other match too. Um, I love all that. And that's exactly what, what the purpose of this project is. So pop into there, the Voice of Wrestling Discord, uh, the Wrestling 101 channel, and just um talk to us in there and and uh, both robin and i have been pretty active in there just discussing all this stuff and and this is what i really this is the type of stuff that i really have fun discussing um i think that with with wrestling discourse and discussion uh it's really over the the past like six months or a year i've just found it really draining with yeah. um a lot of the current aw discussion to just be really um difficult and people just get lost in the weeds and it's just not it's not really fun and uh i think that when you kind of just reset and and you can just talk about this type of wrestling and and matches that are just kind of universally discussed and praised which that's not to say you should like every match on here um i, I don't if you don't like a match that's great um just discuss why you know but I, I think that it's really fun where you could just have, you can take things like 
you know, ratings and, and politics and all this stuff and just not focus on it here where you could just kind of just watch wrestling and that's awesome and just discuss why it's awesome or why you don't think it's awesome, why this thing is better than that thing. I think that that's really fun and, you know, positive discourse and it's not all this murky uh, stuff that's going on right now. So um, that's really just all that I want and hope for. So if you want to just discuss this, if you watch that Tori Eumann match and it was like somebody the other day was watching um, that match and, and the match kind of starts with how a lot of these matches start with kind of comedy stuff. And, and it's a little slower as a showcase and somebody meant popped in there and they were like, Hey, uh, is this like just a good comedy match? Like, this is fun. Don't get me wrong. But like, I don't know about it being on this list. It just kind of is, I don't know. It's just a comedy match. And then they popped in a few minutes later and they're just like, okay, disregard everything that I just said. I just finished watching the match and it was unbelievable. Like I, now I get it and I spoke way too early and this is awesome. And that's all that type of discussion and just people discovering stuff and having opinions and watching and having fun. That's all that, that's all that I want from this. So um, pop in there, discuss. And there's already been people like Aaron Tobb from um, the former uh, Everything Evolved podcast on his Twitter. He um, has started reviewing every one of the matches that we, we've uh, covered and he has his own interesting uh points and things that he picked up from them like he really loved the 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 way that the wrestling was presented as this kind of weird movie type of thing in the funk versus onita exploding ring match and he didn't like the uh he didn't really find there was that much else in between the um in between the big spots and the hell in the cell match and just all these different little things that you know somebody will watch and, and pick up different stuff on them I think that that's really what's fun about wrestling and what's what's just cool to discuss. So, um, yeah, pop in there, message me, talk about the stuff, whatever. I, I, that's really what I want and want to encourage with this. And that's why I reached out to you today. Thank you, Kevin, Perfect. for joining me today. Follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex. Um, DJ D Kooks, if Twitter still exists, hopefully. It's probably going to go down in the next couple of days. Hope, hopefully not, but follow me on Voices of Wrestling Discord or or on Social Suplex Discord. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Thank you for joining Meet the Press Slam. That, for Danny Kukler and Kevin Hare, thank you for joining.